to episode 168 of Checkpoint Chat. We're one away from a century and nice. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got for that. Uh, my name is Alessandro Barbosa. I'm joined by Matthew Figuera. That's, that threw me so, so much. I was busy thinking like, yeah, when, when you pass over the conversation to me, I'll comment on this or that. You're like, a hundred and nice. I'm like, yes, nice. <laughs> <laughs> What? It's, it's true. We'll be a century and nice years old. I mean... Well, you can't argue with facts. I mean... Can't argue... Yeah, you can't argue with facts. It's That's just how numbers work. 69 is nice and that whenever it crops up, it's the law. You have to say nice. When's, when's the last time you watched a cricket match, a test game? Because this would probably never happen in a normal one-day international, maybe. But when somebody scored a hundred and nice, <laughs> hundred and sixteen, I can't recall ever. I don't think comment- my brain was tuned to be looking out for that at the time. And then the commentators have to like semi center out and say, "Oh yes, he scored a hundred and sixty nice." <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to lift their feet in the stadium because now he's going to score a six. I know. <laughs> My goodness. I haven't I watched cricket in so long. I, I it's been recall. 45 years. Yeah, I can't say I've watched in the last five. Isn't, isn't there some World Cup more? going on now? Like uh, some T20, T20, T20 World, World Cup? T20 is a good time though. I, I'm glad that, look, I don't watch cricket. Okay, but bad on me. Um, oh, I haven't watched for years. But when I remember growing up, it was like, it was just normal 50 over... You know, one day te- uh, international matches, or whatever, or test matches, which you just leave on in the background because mm, it takes mm. four hundred years for those games to play out. It's like it's while nice you're cleaning your noise. house, you're just hearing the uh, the test match oh, go on. Oh, what a block! Oh, oh okay, what, cool, what a block! Exciting. Oh my god, there's a wicket! It's the first thing of action <laughs> well, in four hours. Yeah. Well, first run in fifty balls, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then in the last. I don't know, five, ten, whatever it is. I'm just using five, ten years for everything this episode. It's my okay. measure of, of time. I mean, it's what happens T- when you get old. Time becomes time, irrelevant. Time blurs. But the rise yeah. of um, T20 matches, which you can actually sit down and watch and enjoy because the batting's far more aggressive, which makes it far more exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, these, it's like a three-hour match. It's Yeah, it's these great. people are trying yeah. to, to clap some, some high school, so they get risque. <laughs> They're trying to club some high scores. Yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, the batting game in in the Yakuza games. They're just trying to hit those the sixes all the time. All the oh time. my goodness, Yakuza. That's a series I need to get to. But yeah, cricket. But yeah, I haven't I haven't watched the, this T Twenty World Cup. I think I think the only thing I really know the only time I really get updates is when I'm when I'm at gym and I'm walking on the treadmill and they have like the sports on the. <laughs> The display and it's like oh this is the semi-finals this weekend i'm like okay well south africa's not there so nice. i guess we're out you know yeah uh, and i think the final is well today when we're recording um i think it's australia and new zealand so cool mm. good luck to australasia crocky crocky yeah crocs indeed. in the billabong indeed <laughs> who's going to win the great barrier reef i 
I don't know. I was thinking of Australian things. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, to us, it's just a cricket match. To them, it's a war for land. <laughs> it is. If New Zealand wins, they get half of Australia. That's just the law. That's how it <laughs> if works. A, there. If Australia wins, they get Lord of the Rings, the movies. <gasps> oh, my goodness. That is, the, those are some high stakes. The they have to give out stakes, Hobber, yeah. the Shire to, to Australia. <laughs> My goodness. Hand it over. <laughs> My goodness, yes, that is Yes, we scary. finally get the rights to the new Amazon show because it's being filmed there. Well, they, I don't know where the whole that show is being filmed. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's there because like, exact imagine trying to place, film the yeah. Lord of the Rings somewhere else like, and make it look the same. It's just not possible. <laughs> just not possible. Impossible, yeah. I'm actually keen for that series, like... I think it could be, uh, I, I have no idea what it will be about because it's like, what, thousands of years prior to the movies. So... Yeah, it's just got some, you'll, you'll probably recognize like the Shire. <laughs> and maybe the Mordor elves. Because those elves, elves just never you'll age. See, what is Legolas's actor's name? Orlando, Orlando, Orlando Bloom. He'll, he'll probably still be there. Um, and uh, Hugo yeah. Weaving, the King of the Elves. Ah, yes, dude, he, he's taking a break from being Agent Smith once more to go. Do you know he's not going to be people. in the new the new Matrix? I know, which is so weird. And like, that, that apparently, like the sin. only reason is because of scheduling conflicts. Like, to me, oh. you you then delay your movie to make sure he's there. Exactly. Like, I just don't understand the logic. The of Matrix that. without Hugo Weaving is like the Matrix without Keanu Reeves. I know it just Come on. doesn't make sense. There's no, there's no uh, Lawrence Fishburne either. Just what, what are we doing? What are we what even is, doing? What is life? When does that movie launch? Is it December this next year? It's like, it's like <gasps> it's the next in a month. month. Yeah, sure. Around the corner. Do you think Keanu Reeves will shave his head by the end of the movie? <laughs> Why is he going to be the new Morpheus? Well, no, I, but I mean, like Neo <laughs> never had hair, and now oh, this one true. he's just got yeah, his right. John Wick locks, you know. Oh, yeah, he's got those long, long, he's got that, long, luscious that long locks. Hair, that long hair. It's probably Maybe. in his contract, like, I cannot cut this hair because <laughs> I'm filming John Wick 57. John Wick, John Wick 57's around the corner. Every movie, the hair has to get longer to show yeah. the passage of time. By the time Therefore, he gets to John Wick 69, it's just down to his feet, you know. <laughs> and the, the movie's sub, sub is just nice. Yeah. John Wick. This time he's nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> such children. I would, <laughs> I would. I'd watch John Wick till the day I die. Those movies are good. I mean, mm. they get. They've become progressively worse. Uh, like what? What's what was the most recent one? The third or the fourth the one? I three? think it's the third. Yeah, wasn't that fantastic? But yeah, they're making a fourth one. So, I mean, if it makes money, then they should give him a new dog every movie like every, <laughs> every movie he he adopts a new breed of dog just lean into the bullshit and the whole premise of every movie is something happens to his dog and he says you sons of bitches i'm gonna get my revenge <laughs> and i mean it's a, he, he, he has this dog now this like pit bull that he just keeps like walking around with him but like imagine him this like highly trained assassin and he's got like a Dachshund next to him. Just this really <laughs> nodden, dexterous sausage Listen, dog that really can't kill anything, you know. Writers of uh, John Wick, if you're looking for a premise for John, John Wick Nas edition, you just got it. 
Yep. You need, need Sausage the baby dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> or you, you, you do the Spider-Man Miles Morales thing and you give him a backpack which has like a chihuahua <gasps> in it. So oh there's always goodness. a chihuahua like peeking out of the bag while he's like mowing Swinging down around. people. Swinging yeah. around, yeah. Yeah. Listen, hire me. I have all these great <laughs> ideas. How has Hollywood not hired either of us? I know. I ask. mean... We've just got the best Ask ideas here. We're putting them out for free on a podcast. You know, it's a gaming podcast. You know, we should you know, uh, just that. We should tokenize our our ideas as NFTs and sell them to Hollywood. That's oh the big goodness. brain move. I I've loved the meme going around this week. Um, you know, bleeding into that those old campaigns of like you wouldn't steal a car, <laughs> you, you wouldn't you know do this. You wouldn't and right click it, an image. Yeah, you wouldn't right click save an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb but i love those it. <laughs> those ad well i guess those like disclaimers in front of dvds are always just so funny because like when someone ripped a dvd it would rip that onto the that dvd <laughs> as well which is just the most but it was all, all i mean i think the thing that that killed me the most was the main character in that advert was like a girl in a room downloading a DVD on a PC, but that website she had it from looked so fucking ratchet. It just looked like, <laughs> like it was coming to like come out of her screen and kill her. It was oh just my goodness. edgy black lines and and she's just like clicks cancel and picks up her bag and walks out the room. It's like, what the fuck? What's what going you, on? How here? do you think people do this? Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's our rip DVDs. I just downloaded a movie, hit right click and saved it like an NFT. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, wait, I lie. I used, to, I used to watch it on YouTube and then right click. Yo. So, <laughs> save. That is, that's the big brain move right there. Yeah. My Internet goodness. Coming. I mean, how, how, how many of us, like when we used to have CD drives in our PCs, what a time to be alive. You'd always buy the one that was writable because you knew what you were going to be mm -hmm. doing. You were writing those discs. You were writing MP3s to CDs for your cars. Oh my God, what a... Looking back now, what a waste of time. All those hours <laughs> upon hours ripping MP3s and then burning them to disc. Yep. And yeah, the number of, of discs lying around. When my mom packed up a house, like, what do you want to do with these discs? I was like, I really think we fuck can all. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really nothing. Throw, like, throw them. I don't nothing. know. <laughs> it, it's funny yeah. though, because it used to be a commodity. Well, I know it's cool. Like, Someone to buy oh, a new was, music yeah. CD and everyone was like, oh shit, can I take this home to rip it onto my yeah. fucking iTunes account so I can put it <laughs> on my Gen 1 iPod. Oh my uh, goodness. Or, or oh, the best was transferring music using Bluetooth between phones. Yo, some, that was, some dude would that get the new the banger tune and it would be like everyone was like hogging the Bluetooth to trans, And it would take like minutes to transfer this thing that was like, Maybe five megs. It's can I can I tell you that that to me is honestly it feels like the last big revolution of phones. I know <laughs> lots has happened since then, but every year it's like here's a new iPhone. It's like yeah, it's got a better processor, more memory, blah blah blah. Cool. But when Bluetooth came out, that was mind blowing. Like whoa, I can Yo. I can send stuff wirelessly to get us. This is it was, this is it was the future. Wild. It was it was real. And then also just like phones having a bit of storage, so you could store yeah. like ten songs on your phone before ten like songs imploded or something like that. You're yeah. like, damn, only space for ten. Who am I going to delete? Don't worry, Eminem, you safe. I'll never delete you. <laughs> I'll never get rid of you losers. Safe. Never. <laughs> Yeah, but phones since then, it's look, phones are cool, but it's there hasn't been a 
is significant. Like, wow, I can't oh, believe yeah. they finally yeah. made phones do this. Now Last, it's just like, like the new iPhone has a terabyte five, of storage. Yeah. But it's like, know. also you can stream all your music. So who the fuck cares? You know? Wow. Know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Eminem forever. <laughs> does, does Apple still make iPods? Like, I'm curious. No, I don't like, think they do. Because uh, I, uh, yeah. I know for the longest time they continued making the... Um, the iPod Touch or the iPod Nano or something like that. But I haven't seen them speak about iPod in you, like years. You can take this to the bank, but I I believe in the near future, iPods will make a comeback as a retro. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, here's, you know, we, we're bringing back the the new iPod, whatever, and it only plays music and you can use it for other things as well. You just can't make calls with it. Well, in it's fact, just all it's just like purposes. all the all the shit that happens with vinyls nowadays. It's the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The iPods will make a comeback. Well, I'm Mark looking at words. Apple's website now, and there's no iPod at the top. So, <gasps> rip. Let me actually let, let me see iPod iStore. Let's see if there's anything. Oh, okay. Well, the iStore locally still has a listing for the iPod Touch. And you can buy one for four thousand rand. Are they fucking crazy? Sure. <laughs> you can't put a price on vintage. No, sorry, not four thousand <laughs> rand. Four thousand rand is only for the thirty-two gig option, which oh. is sold out. And the next option is one twenty-eight gig, and that is six and a half thousand <gasps> rand. Sure. Well, if you do the maths, you could either buy four. 32 gig ones nah. at 16,000 rand or <laughs> nah fam these people are technology this is goodness. this is all sorts of broken yeah Ooh, no, it isn't you broken. can get it in you can get it in real <laughs> shockingly pink pretty nice pretty nice yeah I, i'd buy that yeah Good. uh you know what else i'd buy video games <gasps> wow i saw Amazing. your segue and i was like i need a segue <laughs> elsewhere <laughs> Wow, my segue was great. It like, was you know, great, it but my brain didn't pick it up in time, and then I couldn't you're, go back. You were just wowed by the MP3s, like wow, yo, our, yo. our pods, Amazing. my goodness. Um, so yeah, video, video games. games, yeah, man, there are so many coming out now. I mean, just this week, I, this sounds like complaining, but it's also like I just I can't catch up. Like it's just this week, we got code much. for. Shin Megami Tensei Five, which I'm actually really keen to play, considering I enjoyed the hell out of Persona and have never tried mm. Shin Megami Tensei. Um, and then we got the Grand Theft Auto uh, Definitive Edition remake stuff. Mm -hmm. Actually, thanks to Nintendo for supplying both, because I actually didn't think we'd get either, mm, um, because yeah. they're not Nintendo games, and yet we got. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. When I got the GTA one, I I, I just thought, what a what a long way Nintendo's come. <laughs> yeah. GTA collection. Yeah. Nintendo is like very family friendly, all safe games, no violence, whatever. And I'm like, I've just received code for G the GTA trilogy, which at the time, very controversial, highly frowned upon. Very, um, yeah, at the yeah. time. I was but like, yeah, yeah I, I get I, to relive that. <laughs> I guess we should say that both those games are out now and they're both mm. on Nintendo Switch. But uh, I, well, we only got the code on Friday. I haven't had a chance to play either of them. So. Uh, I briefly dabbled with GTA 3. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just What's that guy's name? Cla by, Claude, the main character. Mm, I, I don't know. Because I stand to be corrected. I think in Vice Cities, when they actually give the protagonist a voice, um, you know, from oh, Vice City. Oh, in 3, he doesn't talk. GTA 3, he's just 
silent. It's Yo, very weird. The dude's like, hey man, human. here's your mission. Go do this. Your guy just looks. Oh my God. <laughs> that is, I did, it's, I, it's you hilarious. see, I've never played three, so I had no idea. That sounds ridiculous. I, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. But we've, but, we've uh, been playing but I mean, some other stuff. Which came out first, San Andreas or Vice City? Vice City. Really? I always thought it was the other mm. way around. Okay. No. <clears throat> so San Andreas was like, I think revolutionary is is a good word because despite it being the same GTA formula, that's the one where, you know, you could go to gym, you could go order fast food, stuff like that, which was like, I don't know, unheard of at the time. You and and San, Andreas was, yeah. <laughs> San Andreas was massive as well. And like, I think Vice City was relatively big, but the map on GTA 3 is teeny tiny it's oh yeah you're it's right. almost laughable how small it is you know compared to a modern day open world game but back then it was incredible it was like, this is wild <laughs> okay so gta 3 came out in 2001 vice mm -hmm. city came out a year later mm -hmm. 2002 san andreas came out 2004 <clears throat> and gta more, 4 came out 2008 many years later then gta 5 2013 so the gaps between them is just They've just become just larger grown, and yeah. larger and larger. Yeah, I think. I mean, more we haven't. We didn't have a new one last gen. Because mm -mm. well, we've came got, out we've, on got a, we've got a new so. one coming out this gen, a uh, GTA Five. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Oh no, never. That's that's <laughs> news to me, man. Like never. Uh, heard but of what's that. what's the most incredible thing about those GTAs is that first of all, they make me feel old. Um, second of all, they all came out on the PS2, and yeah, yeah. it's funny how you you forget. You know, the PS2 was a powerful little console. I mean, it has incredible games like God of War, Shadow of the Colossus, all these huge, you know, mind-blowing games back then. And Crash, still to Bandicoot. Crash, Bandicoot. I mean, that launched on the PS1, so that doesn't count. Uh, yeah, but, they had the bad Crash Bandicoots <laughs> on the PS2. But I, yeah. I don't know. In my head, I always think, yeah, PS3 is where, where things really kicked off. That's where we got all the open world games. It's like, no, GTA existed on the PS2. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, it's it's unreal to think that that's where, you know, open world games really started. It was a I, it was a great time. I mean, mm. I think everyone has a story of like going to a friend's house and like dicking mm. around in GTA. I mean that that's my exposure to GTA. Yeah. I never really played those stories. I just it was like you had a bunch, you had like a a flip file of cheats that someone had printed out, <laughs> and you just like spawning fucking tanks everywhere. Tanks, yeah, driving over everything around, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. those games are. They're sandbox nonsense. So mm. it's great. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to dabbling in my my childhood with with the GTA trilogy on. Hopefully, Switch. they patch them a little um, bit because they seem mm, a bit uh, more not that, great at the time. Yeah, more on that on news later. Mm. Um, what uh, what good games have you been playing during this? So, week? oh, okay. Let's we we're gonna swap you. I thought we were gonna talk about the other one first, but let's no, talk about. I want to hear about good games first. Oh wow! Setting the setting the, the tone there. for later. <laughs> yes. So I've been playing a a little indie game which came out I think about a week or so ago called mm. Unpacking, which I've just flipped on some footage now. If if you've never heard of Unpacking, it's exactly what the game name implies. It's a game about opening up boxes and unpacking them and moving their contents into a living space. Which is, it's interesting because when the trailer for this game was shown or revealed, I don't know, popped onto my radar like a month ago, maybe, whatever. 
I watched it and thought, this is cool. This is just a a, a very cool looking pixel pixel style game about literally unpacking boxes. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. therapy. Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to do that in real life, but in a game, oh, now we're talking. <laughs> unpacking in real life fucking sucks. Oh no, worst. Yeah. Let me tell yeah. you, this game is nothing like real life. It's it's enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> but what I didn't expect really is that this game is actually a very clever vehicle for telling a story because you're not just unpacking boxes in random houses. You're following the story of a uh, female character from childhood through to adulthood and obviously all the moves she makes in her lives. Um, from, you know, the first level is essentially, you, you, you can kind of assume that their first place was she was sharing a, a room with a sibling and then now where the game kicks off, it's her family moving into a new house um, and she's got her own room. Because when you finish the level, you, you get a caption saying like, finally my own room or something like that. Oh, uh, okay, um, interesting. So the, the game's very clever on that front in that it tells a whole story just through the items and things you're unpacking. And it's, I just, I don't know, it's just incredible because it, it blew me away. It's not something I expected, honestly, um, from a simple, the simple act of unpacking boxes. Um, mm-hmm. But you start to see things throughout the level. So, for example, you know, the first level is obviously childhood. You, you move through her life to, you know, she's at varsity, she's studying. And you start seeing, for example, items being carried over through the years. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm unpacking this plushie. That's something she had from childhood. Then the next level, it's like, oh, okay, she's obviously kept this, but now there's new stuff. Um, and it's, it's just a very clever way of conveying a story without actually saying anything. Um, there's a lot you can infer from the stuff someone owns. Um, so you can you can kind of tell what things are special because it exactly persists like, between yeah. packs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and and it's cool because every level starts off with um, it just gives you the year, so you know more or less how uh, much okay. time has passed. You know, it's like, oh, okay, they lived in this house for the last four years. They've now moved into a, you know, a digs where they're sharing space with someone else. So the, if you're watching the video feed, this level, um, I'm actually. It's, I suppose, like a vasty level. I've just finished vasty and I'm now sharing space with other people, which is I can why tell I... so much just about you by how you're packing certain <laughs> things. Like you've put the uh, toenail clipper in the shower, which I found very strange. Um, Where do you keep your toenail clipper? In a cupboard. Oh, no. It's got to go in the shower, man. What are you talking about? This is... Okay. okay. And and um, I see I see your, your, your go-to tactic is putting... It's... Everything on the floor, getting the box away, and then Amazing. sorting shit out. Yeah. I get. I <laughs> Let guess. Me tell you. I, I need to know why there's a drain in the middle of this bathroom, though. Because I'm assuming that floor gets very wet. <laughs> <laughs> They're just expecting it to like flood. <laughs> it to just yeah. Um, but it's interesting you said because I watched Landscape. She also played the whole game um, mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Loved it. <clears throat> and yeah, we had different approaches where I was very quick to just um, empty the boxes so I could see what to, to put where where she would unpack the box and put things one at a time. And where did she put her, the toenail clipper? Uh, probably in the shower as well. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but when I asked her, because I was like, why don't you put things on the floor? Because it's easier to, you know, then sort stuff. Mm. She said, no, she hates adding the extra step. It's just quicker to put things on the shelf directly. I was like, okay, that's fair. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I can see it. So you can zoom into the little rooms that you're in. Exactly, like, yeah. Is it is it very finicky, like placing small items? Or? No, so so well, that's what I was going to get to, is that, you know, 
story aside, very clever. Um, the actual the way the game works, it's it's designed so well that uh, you know I was kind of worried that with games like this, there are lots of I suppose instances or potential opportunities where things can go wrong or be irritating. Like I want to put this item on here, oh, it doesn't fit. The game hasn't thought about me putting mm. this item on the surface, mm-hmm. but that's not the case at all. It feels like the devs have really put a lot of time into you know making sure that the game feels good things slot into place perfectly so if you're looking now for example i'm packing a drawer but it just clicks into obviously an invisible grid of sorts but it's done in a way that feels seamless and natural like that draws mm-hmm. packed now it looks how it would look in real life it's not a thing of damn i couldn't fit this box in it looks <laughs> they didn't so think clean. about this exactly yeah um, but that the, legitimately they've put a lot of effort into making sure that's you know, things, there's this thought given into, so if you're unpacking a room, for example, you can see there's been some thinking or some thoughts put into like, okay, we're going to give the player, for example, I don't know, like four photo frames. Um, and we'll put this table here, which is where the photo frames should technically go. Like they would fit so nicely there, but the player doesn't have to. They could put them, you know, on another counter or just you could put them in another room if you really wanted to. Okay. Um, but th- there's been a lot of thought put into that. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I, I was honestly blown away by this game because, it, it, like I said, it just caught me off guard. It re- it's far more than just a game about, you know, unpacking boxes. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, the loop is you're unpacking boxes. But just the joy you get from not only packing something neatly or whatever, but from just realizing, oh, this character is a budding graphic designer because I can see they've got a whole lot of, as a kid, they've already had, for example, crayons, whatever. Now they're an adult. They've got a drawing tablet. They've gone and pursued this as a career. Mm-hmm. You just, you just infer things like that. Um, and it's, yeah, I just can't stress enough. It's, it's just such a smart idea. I, I would never have thought a game like this could tell a story because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. on paper, you'd never think that it's yeah. just, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't get um because I mean, each each level, for lack of a better word, is a new place that you just need to unpack and move into. That never gets um tiresome. No. Okay. Um, I guess look, it it it's funny because when you move into the bigger places, so uh, I'm gonna go with this level. It's a shared space. There's a lot of just random stuff everywhere, and you can't move your roommate stuff because obviously it's their stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So you kind of have to fit into their space. And initially it seems overwhelming, like, oh my God. <laughs> if you if you have any OCD tendencies or messes mm-hmm. upset you, you might be like, oh my God, I can't do this. But it's funny because just the the whole act of opening up the boxes and getting it done, it feels good. Like it is really there's there's definitely a Zen aspect to this game of there's a lot going on, but when you get through it, it's just, yeah, what a sense of, ah, <laughs> like, I did it. I made it work. It's but that's great. also quite clever because it's like in real life, if you're living with a roommate, you have to kind of like concede mm. or not concede, like you are sharing that space. So you have to make concessions exactly. on, on where it, you can put things. So it almost, it's it's funny because it, it almost gives the game a, it, it makes it feel like a puzzle. It's got a, mm. a puzzle spin on mm. it. Um, but it's never, it's not this thing of, okay, you're moving into the shared space. There's only a, a limited amount of tiles and things have to go into a specific place or you're not going to finish the level. Because mm-hmm. finishing a level is, is um, you know, making sure all the boxes are empty and that everything's in a, 
at play. So l- there are limitations. You can't leave a pan on the floor and be like, I've, I've done it. <laughs> I've unpacked it. You've got the a game- toaster on the floor. You've got yeah. everything, yeah. No, the game will tell you, no, no, it'll highlight it and you know, oh, this needs to go into a cupboard or onto a space, whatever. But there is almost like a mini puzzle aspect. And I say puzzle very loosely because ultimately you can, if there's an open counter, you can put anything you want there or if there's an open shelf. But there is a puzzle aspect to the game of trying to make things work in a room or, you know, moving things into other rooms because they make more sense there or there's just more space in that room. Okay. Um, yeah, but the, the game's super short. It's I think it's seven or eight uh, levels. They take, you know, the first ones when you, you're managing one room are very quick, but towards the end you are unpacking a whole household. So they're anywhere from 10 minutes to like, 45 minutes maybe an hour i'd say and the whole playthrough is three to four hours so okay it's really bite-sized and yeah i, I can't stress enough it's it's you honestly could play one like of, one move a day or something like yeah that. you yeah. you could do it in bite-sized chunks you could do it in one sitting and it's just it's worth playing it it really really is i can't stress enough more than just you know you're not just unpack you you are just unpacking boxes, but it's more than just unpacking boxes. I really love this art. Like it's yeah, the art it's styles. like very detailed pixel art. Like I but really, really like I, it. I, yeah. I can't tell you the the detail on the um you know the game itself, but on the sound design as well. I yes, mean, you might have yeah. seen some tweets going around. There's one I love this one tweet where the person's literally moving like a spray bottle. So every time you pick up an item, it makes a noise. Every time you put it down, it makes a noise. Um. You know, almost reminiscent of if I've got a glass bottle and I put it down on this counter, it's going to make this noise. Mm-hmm. There was a tweet going around with, with somebody moving a spray bottle just onto different surfaces. So like putting it on a tiled floor, putting it on a counter. And every time there was a different noise, like that's a level of detail. Uh, this, this teeny tiny little studio from Australia, if I'm not mistaken, has gone into us with this game. Um, yeah, it, it's incredible. Like what a... What a charming indie game that deserves all the praise it gets. Like, I think I the can't... tweet said there were 14,000 Foley like sa- mm. uh, sound effects recorded in this game. Like That's an immense mm-hmm. amount of work. For, for eight, eight, I think it's seven or eight levels. It's insane. Oh my God, is that a GameCube? That's a GameCube. <laughs> oh my goodness. Turns out your character's a gamer because, let me tell you, these consoles persist throughout the What is that other console game. there? That looks like an Xbox. I've, I think it's just a decoder. Uh, it might be a PS2 actually. Because there's, or, or decoder. Like black controllers there. So I think looking at it now, it might be a PS2. It, I don't you know, know, it looks like an Xbox One, like the VCR Xbox One. Mm. But then why would that be in the same <laughs> age as a CD player and a GameCube? So that doesn't really. I mean, sense, well, yeah. this the your character is a bit of a collector. The, there's uh, a 3DS or a DS that persists for a number of moves <laughs> let oh, me tell you okay okay and that always went onto the bedside table where it belongs for when i want to game before i sleep nice yeah very nice um, and yeah. this is on uh, game pass correct? it's on game pass i think yeah it, it's on game pass but the game itself is available on every other platform from switch to, I, I think it's on playstation as well i could be wrong let me double it's, check for you. it's not expensive either um i think on switch I, I do not know the price on Switch, but I think on Steam it's super cheap. It's like 140 rand, if that. So give or take a few. Is on, yeah, Xbox One, Switch, Mac. Uh, no, it's not on PlayStation. Not on PlayStation. Yeah, okay. so it's Xbox, Switch, and PC, essentially. 
So mm. I guess that's why it's on Game Pass. Maybe it's an exclusive launch on mm. Game Pass. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. And it's on Game Pass on PC as well, correct? Mm. Yeah, okay. I played this on PC. So yeah, look, this looks I mean, like a mouse game to me. It's, it's a mouse game, but I have seen, I mean, I follow the accounts on Twitter now. They, they have shown some clips of, you know, how the game works with the controller and it works. So don't let that dissuade you if you do not have a PC. Um, play this game. It's, it's real good. Yeah, I'm real, pretty sure this will run on real, kind of anything. Anything, yeah. Super, super heartwarming, just a, a good time. And the music as well. Mm, it's great. So yeah, cool. you should play it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to give it a go. It looks like a really nice zen experience. Mm. I, I want to see if I can get Shani into it. Because she's, you know, she we were talking yesterday actually about it. She's got the typical millennial gaming brain where it's like mm. she's been like won over by instant gratification mobile mm. games so that's why yeah. i think she struggles when she get when i try to get her to play um something on switch Breath because of the wild. <laughs> yeah as soon as there's like a point of friction like a puzzle that she can't solve or whatever she's like she her brain is just like a bouncing out, yeah. off of it yeah so I, well, I I don't know if this I, will scratch that. I think she will. I mean, it's funny. I was playing this one morning before work and Lenska laughed. She's like, oh my God, you're playing that? Because I showed her the trailer weeks ago. I was just like, look at this indie game. It looks like a good time. And then she was she starts work before I do. And she looked over. <laughs> she says, oh, you, you laugh. Says, are you playing that unpacking game? I said, yeah, it's, it's really good. So I finished my level. Then I passed the mouse and I said, yeah, play it. And she said, I should not be doing this. Played for a couple of minutes, went back to work that evening. It's like, can I play that unpacking? I was okay. like, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I knew it was coming. <laughs> you just have to, you know, you've just got to, to tease with a little introduction. And yeah. It, and yeah. she loved it. She played it in like two, two evenings of an hour and a half each, if that's. Um, so, yeah. It's a good time. Unpacking. What a, oh. what a surprise little indie hit. 2021, cool. the year of surprises. Yeah, really, especially in the indie scene, really just mm. coming out swinging. So, yeah, that's great. Um, cool. So, the other game that both of us have kind of been playing. Uh, we, is... we've weird enough stopped in the exact same spot in this game. Yeah. Have yeah. not finished it, but we are both playing Call of Duty Vanguard. Let me get the, the footage mm. up here. So. If you haven't been keeping up with this year's installation of Call of Duty, this is uh, Sledgehammer Games' uh, turn. And mm. their previous one was Call of Duty World War II, and they've stuck with that setting in this one. It is a World War II story, but it is very, um, I would say, very Hollywood World War II. It follows it's a band of like <laughs> six, six heroes uh, that are basically trying to find this treasure trove of nazi information in the dying days of the the war and it's like yeah this this squad of six can take out a whole army type of thing mm. um really non it's not nonsense but it's not this isn't like the video game world war ii biopic that previous um no entries have been which is fine um yeah and most of the story is told in flashbacks. Uh, so essentially your platoon of pals get caught fairly early in the game and then 
you kind of get treated to little vignettes that introduce you to each character and their specialization. So you've got like um, a Russian sniper, you've got a sergeant uh, from England, uh, you've got an American, American pilot. pilot, you've got an yeah. Australian soldier, I guess. Yeah, um, I haven't reached that part of the game yet. Yeah, so you, you, you get treated to all these different missions in different... Um, different parts of the world, uh, depending on where they came from in the war. And each of them has like a, a sort of tone or special sort of gameplay twist to them. Uh, mm. So the American pilot, obviously playing a pilot mission. Uh, when you play as the uh, British sergeant, you are leading a platoon. So you get to command. Yeah. <laughs> I say command with real air quotes in there, command troops. Yeah. You're basically just pressing a button when prompted to, to do yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, when you're playing as uh, the Russian sniper, uh, you playing in Stalingrad just when it's invaded and like seeing her, her like origins of becoming this crack mm. sniper and also yeah. like playing through more stealth stealth focus sections. So yeah, yeah there's, there's that stuff going on. Um, I don't know. I think it's totally fine. Like yeah. I... I don't have any strong feelings either way towards this game. Um, and it just feels like I'm going through the motions when playing it. I yeah. don't really feel engaged or uh, like like riveted by the story in any real mm. way. Um, well, yeah. it's it's interesting because when, I mean, so for those of you watching the um, the video edition of the podcast, we've got footage of the opening level. Um, so when I started the game, I was hot on it purely because it looks really good. Yeah, it does. I mean, I I love this. So for those of you who aren't watching, it's it's a train level. We're busy moving along a train, and it is pouring, and all the surfaces are shiny, and it runs, you know, at the signature cut, you know, smooth butter frame rate here. I fall off the train because I missed time <laughs> my jump. <laughs> um, but it it looks gorgeous. Like I, I I was genuinely surprised that you know Call of Duty games always look pretty, but this took me by surprise like damn it actually looks way better than i thought mm. it would mm. um yeah but the more i've played the game the more i've sort of gone cold in it because like you've said it's it's not a traditional world war ii story which is weird because you think um you know world war ii is always i mean look we we know it's been done to death it's particularly in you know in the last i suppose when shooters really sort of found their footing um, you know, with Call of Duty 1 and Medal of Honor, those sort of games. Mm. Um, and then, you know, people got a bit tired of the setting. But to go back to it now on a modern platform, I was quite keen to see, well, you know, modern technology, what sort of scale of battles are we going to see? You know, we've, we've seen the storming of Normandy in the first Call of Duty. And that, I remember playing that as a teenager going like, oh, my God, like this is not only is this like a brutal you know, it's it's a slice of history of World War II and it sort of gives you some sort of understanding of like, holy hell, like this is horrific. Intense, well, yeah. 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 Um, to go to a modern day game where it's you and your squad of six people who are just untouchable. It just feels weird. Um and obviously the more I play, the more I get into the the story, I'm like, this is some proper bullshit. <laughs> yeah, is, it's it's uh, real. I've seen um comparison or you know, people comment saying it's it feels very much like Wolfenstein. Yes, and actually. You're if, you, right. if you don't know, Wolfenstein is, you know, an alternate take on World War Two where there's some proper bullshittery. There's and Robot Hitler. There's Robot Hitler. And sorry Hitler. to say 
this game, like, there's no, no spoilers. No, there's no robot Hitler from what I can tell. But this game does lead into almost that like silly, over the top side. Um, I don't it, know. It, I mean, it, as soon as you introduce to the villain uh, after this first level, he reminds me a lot of Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, He's like this exactly villain Nazi general that like that's not how it was. You know what I mean? No, the, the, this was a war between people, not this dude who's just you know just like he's like goading people while sitting mm. in a chair in front of them and making fun of of them in like weird and realistic ways i don't know it's it's strange in tone it it reminds me a lot of inglorious bosses in mm. terms of the movie because yeah, that, it's a great this, comparison yeah. yeah it's like yeah, this crack shot is... squad that's taking exactly. out the nazis completely so erdverci yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i, I echo that sentiment and Look, if, if you're looking for, you know, the typical Call of Duty experience, uh, I'm not going to lie, you'll get that. You know, there mm. are mm. some there are some set pieces um, which, you know, they, they can be fun to play through. But if you're looking for a, I don't know, like a gritty, historically accurate, you know, make you f- feel the horrors of World War II game, you're mm. not going to get that. You are going to get a modern... Uh, like yeah it's just a modernized hollywood version of something that never happened in world war ii like i mm. can't tell you that this train mission to go behind enemy lines to uncover project phoenix is based on any sort of historical fact even loosely if that um, yeah yeah so, yeah. so I, I suppose going going in knowing that you know just set your expectations there, um, there are the the typical um Call of Duty set pieces, which are pretty great. Um, mm. Like the uh, uh, Normandy storming, well, you're not storming Normandy, you're essentially preparing the beaches for the ships to come in. Uh, I yeah. thought that was quite nice was and a, climatic, yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, the whole Stalingrad mission was pretty great, uh, mm. playing as, what's her name, Petrov, the, I think? Petrov, yeah, the, the yeah. destruction in that level was really it's good. Pretty, like when, pretty intense, yeah. It just for, for context, it's, you know, just it starts off just before Germany invades. So you are walking through your hometown and then mm. fast forward five minutes and buildings are falling over and it is very intense. Um, it is, yeah. But, yeah. I, think, I think it's nice to see that, like, happen in real time, like the destruction mm. of Stalingrad and stuff. But then at the same time, like, I loved Petrov's, gameplay twist she was more stealthy and mm. what i really liked was that when you were crouched you moved very quickly faster yeah yeah like you you could cr- uh, like crawl into uh, vents and uh, you could climb up uh, walls and stuff so it felt very dynamic uh, for for yeah. call of duty but then they put you in a in like this little sandbox room at the end of the level mm. and they task you with saving your brother and there's like literally maybe like 40 50 enemies mm. that you need to kill there's a lot. like there, there's no <laughs> circumventing them there's no like being clever it's like no you just got to kill all of these people mm. and it just feels so ridiculous at that point like she mm. firstly is only like a soldier now she you know she alludes to have been being trained uh, being wanting to like fart in the wall yeah and, like being yeah. a pretty great shot and whatever but like there is no way in hell one person just wipes out like 50 people like mm. like that and and it became a bit annoying because it was just like i was running around the area i maybe did like five or six laps around that entire map because it was just mm. so many enemies and it yeah. just felt monotonous so yeah yeah uh but then it ends off pretty well with like you defending rebels escaping in russia from like uh, mm. a top 
atop a building and you know mm. it, it's weird it's like up and down uh you have mm. that level which is pretty great and then straight after that you're playing a um like a dog fighting section in the pacific and it's awful it's, like it, yeah probably it's one great. of the worst Call of Duty missions I've ever played, just because mm. that plane feels horrible to control. To control yeah. The, and the it's, it's objectives like, are not really defined. Yeah, like it's just like up in the air. It's like are you flying this plane? Just shoot things out the yeah, air. Yeah, just shoot as, things out as, the air till it's like as you want. Oh, now you go to this uh, waypoint, and now you're doing another bombing run. Like mm. it just feels yeah that awful. that felt shoehorned in yeah um, i really didn't enjoy that and that left a really sour taste in my mouth after like stalingrad was pretty great i thought it was mm. quite quite good so yeah yeah i don't know it feels up and down in that respect and you know we're still playing but i just you know I, even when i was playing yesterday shani asked me she's like how is it and i was like yeah and she's like, why are you still playing it? I'm like, I'm actually going to <laughs> Because it just feels like I'm going through the motions. I'm not enjoying it. And and to be honest, I felt this way about Call of Duty uh, Cold War or Black Ops Cold War as well. I yeah. Like that campaign really didn't hit me in a way. The last, you know, mm. Modern Warfare, I was pretty riveted by that. I enjoyed that yeah. quite a bit. But these past well, two campaigns have been... Did, yeah. did you play Call of Duty World War Two, the one that came out like... Two, I did, three years yeah. Ago? And I thought that was so actually I, not I bad. I missed that one. Yeah. Um, so I can't really compare. Um, that one two. is definitely more a... Like, it almost feels like um, Band of Brothers, the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, okay. That, you know, it, it's still like got the problems of going back to World War Two, but I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty mm. good. I just yeah. feel the past two years, these Call of Duty campaigns have... You know, maybe there's not as much focus going into them because really the the, the focus is multiplayer and specifically mm. Warzone. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I I haven't yeah. played the the multiplayer yet of this or the zombie mode, but I I guess yeah, I'll give it so, a go. Yeah. Yeah. So to be be clear, we we've just played. Um, you know, let's say like three hours of the campaign, if that. And I think um, we we only have about an hour or so left. Apparently, yeah, it's, it's very it's short. not long. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, obviously, if you're looking to buy Call of Duty, it does come with, you know, the traditional multiplayer and zombies. So mm. there, there is a lot of content in this package. So if mm. the camp, if you're not worried about the campaign, well, that's fine, I guess. You've got mm -hmm. lots of other things to, to spend your time with. I mean, um, I, I always yeah. like a Call of Duty campaign. Like, uh, Yeah, know. no, I, I'm, I'm in that same camp as well. I enjoy the, the five to six hour, mm. you know, the set pieces and just what it's a, it's a roller coaster ride for six yeah. hours yeah where you yeah. occasionally shooting things so yeah it's a good mm. time it's just this one's not i don't think it's a great time like i mm. i definitely don't think this is um this is a, a stellar campaign for for the mm. series so yeah so far i mean unless something drastic changes in the final moments like which i don't expect it's just been no. very up and down um yeah yeah it looks good though. It, it looks <laughs> very good. Um, the mission after this opening one, where you uh, do the jump uh, into, geez, I can't even remember. Oh, it is France. It's Normandy. Mm. You jump from the plane and you land, and everything's on fire and it's dark. It looks stunning. Mm. And also, this game sure does a is. really good job of transitioning between uh, cutscenes and gameplay. Like, mm. it's almost uncanny how how like quickly they do it like in that in that normandy mission you jump from a plane and you land in water 
and mm. it's like this very oh, yeah. like it's almost cinematic and yeah, then, the cinematic mm. and next thing it's gameplay and it's like whoa when did that switch over because the, yeah. the cinematics are cinematics they 30 mm. fps like pre-rendered yeah. things like but yeah it looks it's pretty great pretty good yeah cool it's vanguard yeah i will say though vanguard. surprised at how well the uh first person platforming works oh yeah yeah, did not works. expect it to feel that smooth, uh, but yeah. it feels pretty great. I, as soon as I was like running around as Petrov on the the roofs, mm. I was like, "Man, this is I want to play Mirror's Edge again." <laughs> yeah, it felt really. I had the good. same thought as well. Yeah, funny how how Mirror's Edge almost um that was you know the defining game on parkour. There's a lot of things followed that sort of formula, you know from from Dishonored to Dying Light to mm. there's a lot of games that give you this, you know, let you do parkour well, or even, just even platforming. Even this year, Deathloop, first very good. Oh, Deathloop, yeah, 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 very exactly. good first-person parkour. Yeah. yeah. Also, parkour. Laura Bailey, great voice actress. I think her Russian accent is awful. Is that Laura Bailey? I, think I did it, not I'm know pretty that. sure it's Laura Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, it's, yeah, the, uh, you know, the, the last... I've played um, like, you know, Metro and Metro Exodus and those are notorious for like just awful, awful uh, oh. <laughs> Russian accents. And this is like on par of that. Yeah, Laura Bailey is Polina Petrov. Okay. Yeah. You can even kind no of idea. see like it looks like the characters kind of um, mm. uh, based on her in terms of looks. But yeah, she's a great voice actress. I just think this Russian accent is this doesn't bad. Work. Yeah. Also, yeah. not given the best lines as Polina. She's just like, I kill things, and that's about it. No, I think the dialogue in this game is, yeah. It's, it's very uh, one it's note. Like, and, yeah. Know, not not a huge fan of it. But anyway, that is uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. We'll probably touch in. I, I do want to play the multiplayer, especially mm. the... Um, I mean, I, I I played the beta, and I, I enjoyed the beta. Yeah, I remember you played. So. You enjoyed. I, I want to try those, like, I think it's like 2v2 or 3v3 modes. Uh, uh, does it gun game or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are kind of fun. So, And apparently zombies is completely new. It's like a very different type of zombies. So, huh. like yeah. so yeah, that's uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. That's out Call now. Duty. Pretty sure cool. it will still sell like ridiculously well. So probably, yeah. I don't think uh, Activision's yeah. got much to worry about. So yeah, I do. I do wonder though, at what point? I don't know. It feels like the that franchise as a whole just needs like a shakeup. Um, mm. Don't know when it when or if it will happen, but yeah. Cool. Should we get to some game releases? Ba, ba, ba. Uh, yes, we should do that. Let me November. pull that up. On our way to December. It's yeah, my terrifying. Where so we're looking at game releases from September, oh, November 13th up until November 19th. Mm -hmm. uh, let me just find myself here. November 13th until the 19th. Uh, okay, yeah, actually, some kind of big ones here. Um, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. This is Medal of Honor coming back as a VR game. It's coming to Oculus nice. Quest on November 15th. Got mm -hmm. Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1. Chapter 1 of what? Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. This is only on new consoles. Interesting. No. PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Okay. Uh, we've got a game called Moncage, Moncage coming to PC, iOS, and Android, November 16th. 
The Last Stand, Aftermath, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series. Strange that it's on PS4 and not Xbox One. Okay. Yeah. November 16th. Uh, Undungeon. Oh. Undungeon. Undungeon. I like What's the, the opposite of an, <laughs> a dungeon? Undungeon. An undungeon. Uh, PC and Xbox One, November 8th. XO One, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series, November 18th. Blood Rain. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Yeah. Blood Rain yeah, revamped. What is going on, yeah. Blood Rain 2 revamped. I assume these are remasters of Blood Rain. Coming no, to... they're revamps. Oh, they're revamps. <laughs> oh, a revamp because it's vampires. Uh, vampires. Oh. <laughs> Hate it. Oh, PS4, give that copyright a raise. <laughs> Xbox One and Switch, November 18th. Uh, Battlefield 2042. So this is confusing because it is kind of like. My goodness. Out. Yeah. Like you can play it early if you bought it or if you're on the 10 hour trial you can like play it now uh but that's out officially november 19th so that's friday and then also pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl uh the remakes of gen 3 if i'm not mistaken gen something gen i think it's gen 3 um I'm keen to play these because the Mm. chibi art style does it for me i never played these as a kid and everyone says Diamond and Pearl are pretty great Pokemon. So, so yeah. where do we find the time? Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. You, where you I'm just still... received Shin Megami Tensei, which I, know. I can't, I don't imagine that's a short game. No. <laughs> and I'm still trying to uh, make my way through Metroid Dread every now and then. Oh, like, no. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. At least Metroid Dread's not long. It's like a. Where is the time? There's also a rumor, although I think it's been kind of like debunked by now, but it was pretty strong during the week that uh microsoft might launch uh halo infinite multiplayer on november 15th with the 20th anniversary of the console um Hmm. that would be cool i would love to play some halo infinite multiplayer this week but i don't think it's gonna happen yeah yeah don't know Cool. cool so that's releases we are pretty much like winding down the big releases for the year i mean the the two big ones left are like halo infinite and final fantasy 14 endwalker in december yeah so some bits and pieces oh yeah geez december's super short Mm. um the gunk Mm. oh i'm keen for that keen for that that's made by the same people who do steam world i know my goodness yeah keen my goodness should we move on to gaming news Yup. Gaming um, news. What should we start with? I guess we alluded to this earlier, but uh, GTA, the trilogy, uh, the definitive edition. Um, not being a good time. It's not well, had a great launch. Yeah, no. it's not had a great launch. Firstly, I think you still can't play the game on PC. So Rockstar took down like the ability to buy the game on PC and people who have bought the game can't actually launch it because they are removing some files that shouldn't be there. And uh, it turns out those files are potentially music that they lost license to a while back and also controversially that hot coffee the, thing. This is the minigame, yeah. Which is fucking bizarre considering Rockstar paid 20 million in fines for including that the very first time and they somehow did not take it out. Um, that just blows my fucking mind. Like, I cannot (laughs) believe that. Um, It's a very expensive mistake to repeat. (laughs) I just, just like, how, how, how do you accidentally keep that in? It just makes no sense to me. So, um, 
yeah, that's been unplayable since launch, which is crazy. Mm. Uh, and not only that, if mm. so, if if you if you if you want, you like, oh, I don't want the remaster. I'm just gonna go buy the original. Those have been delisted, if I'm not mistaken, or in the process yep. of being delisted. So, yeah, not a not a good time <laughs> for Rockstar at the moment. And it's not just on PC that there's issues. There's uh, performance issues across all mm. consoles. Um, bugs, progression bugs, crashes, uh, just a real bad time all mm. around. Um, there's a there's a tweet here in this Eurogamer article where one user says the game freezes in San Andreas on Xbox Series X every time he starts a mission checkpoints. Uh, so that save is basically fucked. Um, nice. Yeah, and people are just people are just requesting refunds. Um, apparently, performance on Switch is terrible. Like it just oh. chugs on Switch. The so. the fifteen to twenty minutes I've played of GTA Three was fun. Um, okay, but I mean, I haven't done anything hectic. I haven't blown things up or. <laughs> Had a lot of action happening on the screen yet, so that remains to be seen, I guess. What a wild time that, like, around, well, a few weeks to the year, this time last year, we were going through the Cyberpunk 2077 debacle, and this year turns out to be a re-release of three of the most influential open-world games ever. I just don't understand how Rockstar, like, put this out, where they just, like, really pushed by the anniversary timing you know like mm. i don't get it it just makes well it's no funny you, you mentioned me. cyberpunk i think i saw a tweet or something this morning of you know <clears throat> so the twitter was a mistake because your whatever you tweet lives there forever mm. i think it is a tweet from a take two boss or an executive basically criticizing um cyberpunk and Oof. cd project saying like you know you shouldn't release a game you shouldn't rush to release a game or whatever it was but that is the context and people are now like uh <laughs> Oof. have you Oof. Uh, seen your trilogy dude <laughs> my goodness tweets that never aged well it seems to always yeah, happen that's, like always yeah. always happen Oof. yeah i yeah. i don't understand this and you, you know what makes me sad about this is that they were going to use the well this is what Take Two said, I don't know if it's entirely true, but they were going to use the performance of this remaster to determine whether they worked on a Red Dead Redemption remaster. And Mm. my thinking is that you don't start work on a project like this based on the sales. They've probably started on that already. But Mm. whether it ever sees the light of day after this nonsense, whether people want to see it see the light of day, because that game is really good and you can still play it you know, backwards compatible mm, pretty pretty easily. So like, do you want a broken ass version of that? So yeah. Dunno. Dunno. I can't say that I do personally. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Me neither. My goodness, I'm getting so many Apple ads. Why? I'm not even looking <laughs> it's at it. Because we were watches. talking about iPods earlier, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening to us. <laughs> They're listening. Um, um cool. What is next? Let's let's work through this duo of Xbox news, I think. Okay, sweet. Um, this, this asshole, Alessandro Barbosa, wrote this article on GameSpot. Oh, um, wrong one. Which one am I looking at? Oh, uh, the, the Xbox <laughs> app one. Um, oh, the Windows. Okay. There we yeah, go. so, I mean, if you've, if you've ever bought games from the Windows Store, God bless you, uh, or use the Xbox Game Pass app on PC, you'll know that Microsoft gets real restrictive over 
sometimes, especially from the Windows Store where you can install apps, it's not so much of an issue on the Xbox Game Pass mm-hmm. app, but they like heavily restrict your access to those files um, mm. because they considered, you know, universal Windows platform games or whatever the fuck. Um, so they finally are changing that. Uh, there's a new update that is rolling out to Xbox insiders on Windows 11 soon that will essentially turn both the Windows Store and the Xbox uh, app into more like Steam competitors. Mm. Uh, You will be able to choose where you want to install the games. You can choose in which folders you want to install the games. You will have full access to those files. Um, And with that comes support for mods because now that you have access to those files, you can inject mods into games you're grabbing off Game Pass. Um, And the Xbox app will also... Uh, allow you to manage mods from the app itself. Uh, you know, games that support apps or that mm. support mods that it sees uh, will let you just like manage them from the Xbox app directly, which is pretty great. Um, it's nice. Not sure why it took this long uh, for this to happen because the Windows Store has been a problem for years now. Um, mm. But, you know, thank goodness. I, I guess if Microsoft is getting more and more and more serious about PC gaming, they were eventually going to get to this point. Yeah, so, they'd have to do it. Yeah, it's great to see. Not sure when this is out, you know, fully to everyone, but I assume uh, insiders will be testing this around the time that Halo Infinite launches. So I would, you know, guess somewhere after mm. then it will come out to everyone. Yeah. So that's great. Cool. Bizarre. Do you want to uh, keep do you, Xbox yeah, do you want to talk about this ten thousand dollar Xbox I mean, Series X console? I don't I don't know much about it other than Xbox and Gucci have have partnered up to release a Xbox Series X Gucci console, which costs a cool ten thousand dollars. Um, we Gucci. If you we Gucci, Gucci gang. If you're looking <laughs> at the the uh, video feed, you can see it. It is a I guess a patterned Xbox Series X, and does it come with this big ass carry case? I sincerely so. hope so. It looks awful. <coughs> Maybe awful. I just well, don't just... understand Gucci design, but it looks awful. Is this just meant to tie in with the upcoming Gucci film, or just the brand? Like I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I, you know, that bag, mm-hmm. that whole Xbox thing on the front just looks like someone mm-hmm. did that in paint. Let's be mm-hmm. honest, it looks terrible. Absolutely. I don't the know. The controller's about... pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, even that, it's like, it's the default controller with two straps on it, it looks like. And then you've I mean, got look, the I, Gucci patterning on the Series X as on, well. On the Series X. Yeah, so look, I don't know the Gucci brand that well, but I'm like, are those straps like iconic in some way? I, I assume so, but for $10,000, it's like, how much is an Xbox Series X? $500. $500, okay. So you're paying an extra $9,500 for... The branding and the bag. And an extra so controller. Like, <laughs> and an extra controller. Is this bag itself worth $9,000? <laughs> but it shouldn't be because that Xbox um, branding on it looks so awful. Know. It's uh, just I don't know. so it's, bad. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's only 100 being created and this is yeah. definitely one of those things like, I have enough money to buy this, so I will to show off type mm. of thing. Like, no normal and person you know, is buying this shit. No, and you know what? It's, it's funny because people will buy this and they will be collector's items and they probably will be worth a lot of, well, a lot more money <laughs> one day. Probably, probably. Uh, it's, it's upsetting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
you could buy one Gucci Gang Xbox or 20 just regular Xbox Series Xs. I mean, I don't know. Choice is yours. I wonder how bad the demand for an Xbox Series X is that maybe someone will actually consider this just because they can't get a normal one. Oh, no. Come on. That's <laughs> that's pushing it. Holy hell. You have to really have a lot of money to just burn through. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm thinking if you've got the money to burn, you already probably just bought a secondhand one on like eBay mm, or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Speaking of other consoles who which are hard to find <laughs> the play date uh, yeah. uh, has this been is, delayed to early 2022 this is a bit of a bummer i <clears throat> i have a pre-order for a play date in and i got this email um basically the first two batches were meant to ship this year but um the creators panic uh you know did their first sample run of like 5000 units mm. and got them into the studio and discovered that they weren't up to the standard that they were expecting. Essentially, the battery they had chosen wasn't going to support the multiple-day battery life that they had promised. Uh, yeah, and hectic. instead of just shipping that out to customers, they scrapped all 5,000 of those, found a replacement battery part, and put in a new order at their factories, which is the biggest reason for the delay. Um, yeah. Other reasons, obviously, are just the semiconductor shortage. Um, it's causing havoc for the development of this thing. Now, to redesign the main board um, to work around component shortages because mm. there was one component that wouldn't be in stock for the next, like, three years, apparently. So that was just yeah. not going to work. Uh, so, yeah, essentially, the the orders have been delayed to early 2022, um, and obviously that's pushed back all orders depending on what batch you got into. So, mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I so, respect them for not just shipping that shit out with a bad battery. So, yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who have no idea what the hell a Playdate is, it's this modern day console, which is very reminiscent of an old school Game Boy, like mm -hmm. literally the black and white Game Boy, but it's got a crank on the side and it has a whole lot of games being made by some really great devs yeah um, developers so all yeah. over the world and it's the 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 games are going to be like airdropped to the console essentially mm. um uh during some seasons so yeah, yeah it's cool there's i'm keen for it because it just looks like a really fun interesting toy it's just yeah it's like a different retro looking console and, yeah and aesthetically it looks really nice I yeah it's aesthetically awesome. it's a it's a lovely looking console and i think mm. i'm keen to see what interesting games people will make mm. with this little crank thing so you yeah best believe there will be a fishing game at oh, least one yeah, of them at least <laughs> so i think when it in the first season there's like two new games every week um so, uh, yeah. okay and then there's also like a games editor that launches with it so you oh. can make your own games as well so damn yeah damn daniel pretty cool cool um and then a last few pieces of news quantic dreams makers of iconic hits like jason simulator jason callout game press x to jason <laughs> well quantic dreams people who made heavy rain um beyond two souls and what's the last one called the recent one uh, uh detroit yeah um, detroit the, too human the, or something no yeah no no i think you're no not detroit uh, it was detroit maybe. but i don't know the song i've forgotten the some mankind okay, divided no Hold no on, okay they, 
their next game is reportedly called That's it. Become Human. Okay. Their next game is reportedly called Star Wars Eclipse. Mm. Um, so are we pushing a push X to Obi Wan game? Any, Yo, any time will tell. I, yeah, I don't know. So th- this was oh, uh, Quantic Dream making a Star Wars game was rumored a few weeks back, and now uh, mm. Jeff Grubb uh, has basically said that it's going to show up somewhere soon. I would assume Game Awards. Mm. You know, uh, and it, yeah, called Star Wars Eclipse. Apparently, will be set during the High Republic era, which is a new era of Star Wars that is uh, that Disney launched like a year or two ago um, that has mostly only been explored through books and comics. So it's nice. like, it's a more medieval take on Star Wars, like a time in the Republic when it was like that sort of vibe, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so yeah, Jeff Grubb says it will be announced before the end of the year. So, and it takes place cool. two what? Around 200 years before the events of Star Wars The Phantom Menace and 800 years after the fall of the old republic. So it's between between your old republic games and your actual films. So yeah. Damn Daniel. So yeah. That's I'm I'm quite keen to see what that shapes up to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then last piece of news. Rainbow Six Extraction will be forty dollars and comes with free buddy passes. Mm. Um I totally forgot the, this game existed. Yeah, because I think it was pushed out. Mm. Um Sangon has an official release date of January. So it's around the corner. It's January 20th, 2022. Um, and yeah, it seems to be just a co-op shooter. Survive. Survive. Oh, PVE, I guess, is the, the correct mm. term to go with there. But it, what's funny is that when the first trailer came out, I thought it was a zombie game, but it turns out it's more alien-esque. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like gooey aliens. It's mm. strange. So I think yeah. if it's... It, Initially, it was going to be released as a $60 game, and there was a bit mm. of pushback on that because a lot of people saw this as sort of like an expansion to Rainbow Six, not necessarily yeah. a whole brand new game. So, yeah, yeah $40 seems like a probably a better price point. And, and with two the, buddy passes, which yeah, is Yeah, the buddy neat. pass is cool. It essentially lets two of your friends play the game for 14 days for free, mm. and if they buy the game, their progression will carry over. So that's yeah. cool. Um, so that's neat. Yeah, that's neat. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. I watch the gameplay, and it doesn't really uh, spur any strong feelings up in me. So, yeah. Yeah, a game. A game we do want to play though. This Elden Ring preview, which keeps Yo. getting surfed to me. Go away. Stop it. <laughs> I want it. I really want it. My I can't believe we didn't get access to the the preview weekend. I'm so upset. <laughs> oh, I I don't even think I applied. It's, I totally forgot about it. <laughs> no, I applied, but it's also one of those things of like I just want to play the game when yeah, it comes same, out. So, same. Yeah, same. I I'm I'm, you know, it's close enough. If it was like a year away, I'd be like, oh my goodness, salivating yeah. at the chance to play this. But it's like what? Not even three months away. So I uh, yeah, no. I can wait. Yeah, so close. So but, close. Yeah, that's. That's gaming news this week. That is gaming news. So I guess we can move on to questions. If you have questions. got a question for us, you can email us, checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media at checkpointchat on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, everywhere. Um, and you All can message places. us at any time and have your question Anytime. read out on the show if we think it's a cool question or a cool comment or just an observation. 
Ops Wall, we have a question from Best underscore Bash. He Ooh. says, this is the world's shortest question. He just says, the answer to life and the universe, question mark. 42. That's exactly what I was going to say. 42. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Checkpoint Chat. Bye. <laughs> I mean. My goodness. I guess. I mean, uh, where did that even come from? The whole 42? Um, Do you remember? The, hitchhike, the hitchhikers go out to the uh, galaxy. Okay. Yeah. I've never watched it's all, or read It's a whole that, commentary so. of like something, something. The answer to life in the universe is 42. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know why. Like, why isn't it 69? Why isn't it just nice? <laughs> what exactly? The answer, What's to, the answer to love is universe nice. nice. Yeah. It's just nice. Um, yeah, I, I can't really comment further than that. that. That seems to be the the answer. Somebody sat and calculated it. They they went to those green boards or white boards, put in some very complicated equations, and that is the number that was spat out. Later confirmed by AR, because then we had computers and you know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> You're like I've just destroyed your brain with yeah. all what happened. <laughs> it's gone. It's all gone. My Sorry. goodness. Yeah, um, but cool. No, do you have any anything to add to that? No, not really. <laughs> not really. I just my brain just decided well, not to work. This is nice because this this is the I'm gonna go on, on a record and say this is the shortest official episode we've recorded. Not one of those. Oh wait, so there's no more like questions. There's no more. Oh, That's okay. <laughs> so you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. You can ask us nice questions, I guess. Nice questions. I don't know. Get uh, those questions ready for next week, the nice episode. Well, no, there is no episode next Surprise. week. Surprise. That was a clever boom. segue. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be taking a break next week purely because I will not be here. I will be in the land of not the mountain. Not because it's the nice episode. No, not because it's, it's a nice It's not episode. related. No. Yeah, I will be in Cape Town and unable to record a podcast. And because I leave so early in the week, there's no real time to like record. Yeah. I mean, we'd be recording in two days from now and really- Are you going on Wednesday? Yeah, I'm going on Wednesday. In the evening? Yeah. At six? Yeah. You might no, 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 no. Boo. I think it's at six or seven, the flight, one of the two. You might be in the same flight as my sister. Oh, she's really? currently in Joburg going back to Cape Town on Wednesday. What airline is she flying? No idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's that's, I think the flight's hilarious. at like seven or so, yeah. Uh, I wish I got into specifics like is your flight's at five fifty five. Yeah. <laughs> flight number J E one three five. Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, if I if I see her, I'll definitely say hi. Rugby tackler. Hey. We'll we'll me. do we'll do sprints in the, the airport terminal. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Just do some some fitness. <laughs> Did your sister come uh, up for for uh, graduation? The party? Yeah. Oh nice. That's um, that's cool. But yeah, I suppose so we're missing next week and then going into December. Um we will probably do one or two regular episodes, but because we are getting into the end of the year and we obviously want a little break ourselves we will probably do how we always do we'll record some lifetime episodes which will i'm sure definitely include our game of the year episode mm, mm. um and maybe a sprinkling of one or two other things mm. um but yeah we're getting to that end of the year period yeah i think i so, think yeah. the last big one you know that necessitates a live episode is like the the game awards like just a breakdown of stuff oh, yeah. after that yeah Ooh, our, our predictions mm-hmm. always a good time 
And then also just like predictions for 2022, like games are excited mm-hmm. about, stuff like that. So Breath of the Wild 2, that's the episode. Listen to me, Nintendo. <laughs> Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild 2 in the same Elden year. Ring. Oh my goodness. Mm. Don't mm. do that mm. to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Oh, that's thank episode... you for this uh, slightly brief episode of uh, Checkpoint Chat, episode 168. Mm-hmm. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we... We'll see you next week. Well, shit. Mm-hmm. Next, next week. We'll see you next <laughs> we'll time. We'll see you whatever. next time. It's yeah, fake. there we go. <laughs> Thank you so cool. much. Goodbye. Goodbye.